something in the sense of you like climbing to the top of Mount Everest, you know, a huge personal endeavor or effort. It is, we are dealing with our, our deepest and truest and eternal spiritual nature. Material entanglement is the process of becoming, unfortunately, I mean really unfortunately, overwhelmed 
by the incorrect idea that the current body I'm wearing around is me. This is who I am. And that is just a monumental, that is the lie of all lies. No, that's not you. The body that you have on doesn't define who you are. It doesn't describe who you are. But when we become caught up in this idea, this illusory idea that the body is who I am, and then we spend so much time playing around with this piece of meat. <laughs> I mean, really, that's all it is. You know, people spend so much time in front of mirrors and so much time looking at what clothing to wear, what to drape over this hunk of meat, you know, and how to try to beautify it and how to become loved and how to become worthy of others and how to become accepted just through this piece of meat. And that's kind of like, ah, for, for anybody on a spiritual path, that's just like, it doesn't get worse than that. This is like tragic and sad and unfortunate. And then people go through this whole journey of life in this body, never making the inquiry, never trying to look any deeper. And then it's sort of like, you know, and then what? Then you just, your body ages and then you just try to cling on to all of these past memories and experiences and fleeting happiness that can be experienced in this world. And that is not a formula for success. <laughs> that is a formula for crash and burn failure. I know this to some people when they first hear this message, it's sort of like, you know, a bit harsh, a bit strong, you know, can we tone it down a bit? Yeah, we, we mostly we tone it down a bit. We just encourage people to engage in this meditative process and try to live a good and kind life and act with kindness and mercy towards others. But really that that is the beginning of being able to experience in a deeper way, you know, what it is that is our spiritual nature. We live in a time that's actually very challenging for people. There is this, it's kind of like, you know, we've become increasingly, we've increasingly had these 
ideas pushed upon us of what our value is and how to become happy and that material experience and material relationships, material acquisitions are going to fulfill us and make us complete. And it's, I'll just say that the current state of people's consciousness it wasn't, and I'm talking just generally and broadly, This, of course, everybody's an individual and there are so many exceptions. It hasn't been like this for, for thousands of years of human history. People had greater ideas of purpose. There was always an idea of accountability, how I live in this life, how I deal with others, there is going to be some accountability. In the, in, in the Vedic culture, this was the laws of karma. As you sow, so you shall reap. And there was an understanding that the living being transmigrates. You know, when you show up in a brand new baby body, you don't just come there with nothing. You come with a mountain of baggage that's going to be unpacked going forward through your life. You will experience things that you didn't go looking for that just come to you as a result of, of, of previous action in this lifetime and previously. And so... Within Christianity, there was this idea that they developed, which was actually not an original. It wasn't originally like that of you only get one shot, and if you succeed, you go to heaven, and if you blow it, you go to hell. You know, that's, that's actually not true. However, the idea that I will somehow be accountable for my life is a really good idea. <laughs> that, make, that puts a curb, that puts up guardrails for people not to be just wanton, self-centered materialists who don't care about the pain and suffering they cause. No sense of duty. I, I'm through with this relationship. I'm out of here. You can handle the baggage, you know, the person that's left behind in the rubble. And it's kind of like, oh my God, you think you're not going to have to pay for that? You know, you pay for everything. There is no free ride. I, I often mention a, a documentary that was done, when, I can't remember when it was done, um, quite a few years ago in the BBC, a, a guy by the name of Adam Curtis, and he did a four-part documentary on what was called the century of the self. And in describing what that work was, he said it was the story of the rise of an idea that has come to dominate society it is the belief that satisfaction of the individual's 
feelings and desires is our highest priority. And of course, nobody thinks twice about that now. That's, that's the common idea. That's the common way most people think. But for thousands of years, human beings didn't follow that philosophy. They didn't live in that idea. And of course, the result of it is catastrophic. We have levels of mental illness and depression and suicide unparalleled in the history of humanity. And that's directly the fruit of the adoption of this type of philosophical idea and trying to live this. Whereas in the, in the ancient cultures, they really promoted what in the Vedic culture was called, you know, coming to the platform of an Atmarama. An Atmarama means one who has become self-satisfied. That's a scary idea for a consumer society where you are required to be always dissatisfied, always looking for more, always hungry, seeking, consuming, buying, trying, doing all these things. The worst kind of person for a modern society economically would be an atmarama because they're just not, they're not following the desires of the mind, the dictates of the senses. They've come to take the driver's wheel of their life and they are consciously deciding how they are living and how they are interacting with others, how they're interacting with the world. I mean, we have this... It, I, I get upset by it. This whole situation about, you know, a climate change, you know, and the Extinction Rebellion stuff, and it's just like, oh my God. How many of you people in the protests are still using cell phones? You know, you just think that by producing another form of energy that you're going to solve the problem. The, the problem is this catastrophic overconsumption and pushing upon the rest of the world this ideal that this is what you should be aiming for. And so the people that live in, in more what would be considered backward agricultural communities They've got to unload everything. They've got to move into the city. They've got to get a job. They've got to get their kids through college. They've got to have now the desire for all of this. You know, and it's just like, oh, okay. You know, uh, Mahatma Gandhi made the statement that the world can support everyone's needs, but not everyone's greed. And so it's kind of like, well, what is it that we're all striving for? What is it that we're chasing? You know, and we don't even think about it. We don't even analyze it. 
In fact, you're encouraged not to. You're encouraged to just let yourself go and surrender to all of your desires, consume whatever fantasy arises in your mind, chase it and do it, and somehow you are going to be happy. And it's not true. It's absolutely not true. The thing that we seek is actually everything that we seek in the deepest part of our heart is inherently spiritual. The desire for unlimited happiness, the desire for deep and lasting love. These are spiritual desires. They're not material desires. In the Bhagavad Gita, there is one verse that states, before giving up this present body, if one is able to tolerate the urges of the material senses and to check the force of desire, and anger. Such a person is well situated and is happy in this world. And of course, the only reason a person would be able to come to that position is the active cultivation of this this discovery of my true spiritual identity and to live a life totally in, in connection with that. The way, I would re- the way I would think of myself, the things that I think will be important, the way in which I will deal with others, the nature of my relationships, how I deal with this world, will all radically change for the better. We are not proposing that in any way you have to be a special person to come to this platform or position to have this experience. We are talking about the process by which you uncover your true and eternal spiritual nature, the discovery of who you truly are and to live in that spiritual identity and to reconnect with your spiritual home, your spiritual source. To fall deeply in love with the actual Lord of your heart. And of course there is no more potent effective and efficient means for doing this than through this process in this age and time of using this spiritual sound to develop a daily practice of meditation, even if it's only short. 
it will have the effect. It describes in in the Bhagavat Purana how you know we are, we are covered by two bodies: the gross physical body you can see, and the subtle body that you can't see, which is made up of the mind, the buddhi or intelligence, the ahankara or the false ego the, that's setting all the false ideas of who I am and. And it describes that this process is so powerful that it actually gradually like dissolves the subtle body. So the real nature of the self, you, the living being, can begin to really shine forth. And in this light, your life will be directed. Okay? It's about what I got to say today. Any question? If you ever have any question, and or you want to ask about something and you see me wandering around, please do ask. I'm a little shy, although I may not seem like it. I don't really like invading people's space at all. But if you ever have anything you wanted to ask, feel free to reach out. Um, we have a presence on social media and a website with lots of resources that my offering to you all to try and take advantage of. Thank you very much. Haribo. Shall we plug this one in or no? Thank you very much. So I'll chant also the Maha Mantra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hare, Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama, Rama, Hare. Krishna, Krishna.
Hey, hey. 